thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. people. Good evening. Good Sunday night to you. Sunday night in the scriptures. Yes. This is Chris Tomlin and his song At the Cross. Hi Danielle. Nice to see you in there. sharing this out wherever you're at. Welcome to all the replay viewers. Uh, get your Bibles open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. awesome isn't it like when you really think about that like when you really think about so much- what Christ did you know <clears throat> you know tonight I was at Awana and uh, the teachers well I was the teacher <laughs> I was the teacher um, but we had a guest speaker come in and talk about uh, a recent mission trip that uh, that our church went to um, Jamaica and two of the young people, well, one of them was not young, but 
two two of the guys came. They they were talking about uh, how you know when the word of God was given out to the believers there in Jamaica, they were just like rushing for it and grabbing it, and they wanted it. And and uh, Brent, a friend of mine, um, he, when he, when asked how many Bibles that he handed out. Um, you know, the church as a whole handed out, uh, they said, uh, 1,033, 1,033 Bibles, about a hundred people handed out. Think about that. You know, anyway, and it got me thinking, you know, I'm sitting there in two classrooms, you know, back to back classes with the kids and there's about 10 kids in each class, maybe, maybe 12 in the first one. Um, and I was sitting there listening to the testimony of how these Jamaican believers were, you know, handed the word of God and the impact that my friend Brent, you know, felt and David and um, some of the other people who were on the trip. And I said, look, I got to share something. You know, I have to share something. I said, do you mind if I share something? Because after all, this is my class, people. <laughs> I say that to the kids too. I go, hello, people. And they're like, hello, <laughs> we're people. Yeah, you are. And I said, you know, I want to share with you when I got my Bible, my very first Bible. My first Bible um, was given to me from my friend Gail, who led me to Christ, who shared the gospel with me, uh, and who got got that Bible from her grandmother, that she lived with because when I went home to ask my mom for a Bible, my mom forbid me to have a Bible. And, you know, so I'm telling these children and I'm, I'm testifying in front of four adults who don't really know me that well. And they certainly didn't know that story. And I started to cry because I was like, um, really moved by the fact that that even today in 2019, coming close to 2020, there are people in the world who don't have God's word, right? And we, we take it for granted. And I do. I, I completely take my Bible for granted now. I didn't in the beginning, but over time I have. And I'm not going to lie about it. I, I do take it for granted. I have quite a few Bibles, actually, um, you know, that publishers have given me numerous. I, I don't know. I can't even. I don't even know how many I have. But doing the work that I do, I get a lot of free copies of the new Bibles that come out. So tonight, um, what I want to do is just basically encourage you again, you know, because it's encouraging me too. you know, don't take um, don't take your copy of God's word for granted. I mean, yes, tonight is Sunday. Yes, it's the first night. Uh, we are here. It probably feels an hour later to some of you. It doesn't to me, actually. I feel fine. Um, getting up this morning, it was like, hey, I can lay in bed because <laughs> I have that extra hour. But, but you know, but, you know, I want to encourage you. Read 10 pages a day. Just read 10 pages a day. Do you know that if you did that, you could read most of the epistles every single day? You know, read an epistle a day. You know, that's those those little letters, you know, to the churches. You could do that. You know, you could read the book of First and Second Corinthians in a couple of days um, by just reading 10 pages a day in, in God's word. Imagine that, right? 365 days in a year times 10. That's 3,650 pages. Uh, you could read through the Bible a few times a year just by reading it, right? Uh, and I have to tell you, you know, one of the things that my friends were saying tonight, they were talking about how... um uh, the demons were attacking in the church services over there in Jamaica uh, in physical ways. Um, and one of the things the guys said tonight was, and here in America, you know, those of us who are believers, real believers, you know, we're under attack a lot. And, you know, we're under attack because we're busy, because we're, we're rich by world standards. We're filthy rich. Um, you know, there's gazillions of things vying for our attention, right? You know, this, this thing here is probably the worst thing. The phone that you're watching me on or Randall on, um, is probably the worst thing that, that we all have really, honestly, that's vying for our attention. Everything is in the palm of our hand, literally. Um, 
So make sure you're engaging with the Word of God on there. <laughs> Maybe that's why the YouVersion Bible app is so popular. But it's one thing to have it on there. It's another thing to open it up and use it. So, uh, so I wanted to uh, share that with you. And I also wanted to thank Ariel Ministries for sponsoring our show. Um, you guys know that they are our main sponsor. I don't want to forget to tell you that. Ariel.org, you can go there. Uh, anytime, day or night, and you can save 20% with that coupon code Bible News. Uh, and I hope you do. You know, I really do. I hope you do. Hope, please, you know, support our sponsor. They they really do provide most of the income that we get. Um, and and, and uh, I had to pick up something because my computer's like, wait a minute. There it is. I got it. Anyway, I had to plug in my computer because it came unplugged. Um, and anyway, so, and their material is biblical. It's going to help you in your walk with the Lord. So make sure that you use them. Get all your Christmas and your Hanukkah gifts there. Uh, you know, just buy stuff. I want to encourage you to buy stuff at Ariel.org. <laughs> all right. Also, um, uh, I want to thank all of our regular pillars of the community who donate to our show. Um, those are just people who, who commit to donate something once a month. It doesn't matter how big, how small. Uh, we appreciate every single donation that you give. Uh, and we just want to say thank you for that as well. Um, you can always donate anytime you want at BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. Um, and we use PayPal, Venmo. Uh, you can write a check. Uh, I have people who actually... Um, you know, have a check sent to us every month because they don't use PayPal. Um, so we want to thank all of you for doing that as well. Okay, and I think that that is it. So Bareface, what is it that, uh, um, well, well, let me just say one other thing. In my text message I sent out, by the way, if you guys haven't joined my text message list, you can text Bible News do it, people. Do it. To 33222. I did get a new subscriber yesterday or today. I think it's today. I believe a guy named Muhammad cool. joined our list today, Muhammad, in Texas. Or at least the number is Texas. So pretty cool. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, if you. It, so earlier today, I texted texted out that this was going to be on. But, but I also wanted to share and ask. Um, <clears throat> you know, for your prayer for me tomorrow. Tomorrow is the anniversary of my mom's death. And, you know, when I was thinking about the whole Bible thing, I can't help but think of my mother because she was the one that wouldn't give me a Bible <laughs> and who persecuted me in my early Christian faith. Um, but, you know, I'm happy that, um, you know, she's with the Lord. So she is, you know, the as my brother told me one year, he said, you know what, Stace, this isn't a sad anniversary. It's an anniversary to remember that, you know, mom graduated and she's doing well in heaven with the Lord. So um, I always have mixed feelings, though, because my mom was very abusive, as most of you know, if you listen to this show. She wasn't a nice person at all. Um, and it was really pretty much on her deathbed that she became a nice person towards me and actually Randall can testify to that. So, so, you know, it's kind of an emotional time for me. <clears throat> so I would appreciate your prayers for that tomorrow. Okay. Now bear face. That's me. You got any thoughts? You want to remember my mother? <laughs> I mean, you could uh, say, you know, cause uh, you, Choose your mother-in-law, so... Yeah, I will testify to the transformation. Uh, the first time I met her was... Was memorable. <laughs> uh, colorful language. To be euphemistic. And, um... And not, not a very good outlook. You know, finding fault in, in others and situations and... Um... You might say, well, cancer has a way of humbling people. That's that's true. Uh, but also, I think the Holy Spirit has a way of transforming people, not just humbling, uh, but, but transforming. And, and, and I did see that in the last days of her life. A, a peace 
and a and um, and a sweetness, for lack of a better word. Yeah. I'm gonna sneeze. I think. Hold on. Well, let me put it this way: my whole life, my whole life, my mother told me she wished I was never born and that she wanted boys only. And, uh, and then she handed me over to be sexually abused. So that should tell you something. Um, but by the end of her life, she told me that I was her favorite and believe me, that had to be God <laughs> because, cause, uh, yeah, cause it wasn't her. I'll just, I'll just say that. So yeah, I just have mixed feelings. I, you know, 17 years has gone by fast. I was 34 when she died. I'm in my early 50s now, and it's just a very, um, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, you know. I, I am, you know, there's, there's always a connection. I think it's a deeper connection between mothers and daughters than sons and daughters, or sons and mothers, I mean. Um, and, you know, I'm young. You know, I have a lot of friends who are way older than me, and their parents are still living. Right. And I'm just like, you know well, like my best friend, her mom is still alive. And, you know, I, I, I just, it's just, you know, strange. It's, it's, it's really weird to be in my fifties and know that since my thirties, my mother has been gone, but I really still believe it was God's mercy to me. I really do. But, uh, but anyway, the transformation that you can hear have and God's word is amazing. And speaking of my mother, I'm going to go get the Bible my mom gave me that I actually do have. And um, <clears throat> I'll show that to you in a little bit. But I think, Randall, you can go ahead and start God's, start the study. I can. All right. Well, in Sunday school this morning, I have a wonderful Sunday school class that I attend. Let's see. What? It is I don't know. Could you hear me? Well, you can hear me fine in the room. I just don't know. My my microphone level seems a little low. Um, boy, I can't. The only place I can see comments is is on YouTube. So hmm. I know Barb's out there watching on YouTube and just wondering if you can hear me. It seems like I'm hearing my my voice picked up in Stacy's microphone. The the uh, room ambiance uh, more than my direct voice. Hold on here while I reach across the table and turn up my microphone level. Let's go with that. That's a lot better, I think. All right, so I have this wonderful Sunday school class. At our church, uh, it's taught by... Oh, wait, can I come back? Uh, yeah, you can. I'll just get this out of the way so people don't have to wait. Okay, I found the Bible. So the very first Bible my mom ever gave me, um, I don't have. It somehow got lost. <clears throat> but this was the second Bible she gave me. So I still have this. This is a Precious Moments Bible. Oh, you can see it. It's white. And inside, um, she wrote, uh, she wrote, so you can see my mom's handwriting, you know, she wrote my name and stuff in there. So it's kind of my family history. I think that was all she wrote in it. Um, and I think that this was actually a, I want to say. There's not a dedication page. No, I don't think so. I don't think there is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here it is. Okay, yeah. Here it is right here. Interesting. I didn't notice this date, Bareface. Check out the date. So, there's the date. See that? Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. January 6th, 1993. That was interesting. Hmm. Interesting date. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, this is the Bible my mom gave me. It's the New King James Version, and it's uh, <clears throat> Precious Moments Bible. I never use it, actually. 
But uh, January 6th, 1993 is when my mom gave me that. So that was the year after we were married. Yeah. All right. She was cracking then, people. Okay, back to Bearface. Here am I, sounds Daisy. So anyway, uh, go to this wonderful Sunday school class. Uh, uh, the teacher is a former pastor, well, former vocational pastor. He's probably still a pastor. Um, but you know, not vocationally, or not occupationally, I should say. The vocation is a calling, so that's that's still the case. But occupationally, uh, teaching an adult Sunday school class, um, Tom, he's a great guy, and... Um, knowledgeable of the scriptures and we've been going through a series looking at places in the holy land uh, various towns and cities and uh, looking at events that are uh, anchored there or you know occurred there and uh, for the past couple of weeks two maybe three I don't know we've been going uh, we've been looking at Jerusalem or Jerusalem and uh, Today we talked about the, the Passover or the Last Supper. And as we looked at that, and uh, Barb, oh, here, I made a shadow box for my dad's Bible, and my entire family is jealous. Put the Bible that your mom gave you in a shadow box with some other things that she liked, and you will have a keepsake. There you go, Stace. Oh. Uh, craft idea for you there um so anyway as we were looking at yes and as we uh were looking at uh first corinthians 11 it came he came up and talked about the different uh doctrines or the different ideas concerning the eucharist and different churches how the roman catholic church sees the the bread, the wafers, and the wine, you know, as transubstantiation, they become the body and blood of Christ. And then there's the more of the Episcopalian or, um, you know, kind of um, Catholic-like kind of church where it's consubstantiation, that it, they aren't, don't become the physical uh, body and blood of Christ, but his body and but are with uh, the elements. And then in the typical Protestant kind of church and non-denominational sort of churches that, you know, they're just emblematic. And so we looked at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, um, another, um, you know, something not going on in modern church, but first century church or would have been second century at this time, still first century uh, uh, church. And there, uh, I'm looking for my pointer, that's why I'm seeing <laughs> discombobulated here. There it is. Um, and their confusion on things. And let's look at that right now. And I don't know why, but I choose the Berean Study Bible here. I'm not sure why. Translation, it's a good translation, but anyway, First Corinthians chapter 11, picking up verse 20, uh, Paul writes to the Corinthian church, uh, Now then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat, for as you eat, many of you proceed with your own meal to the exclusion of others. While one remains hungry, another gets drunk. Don't you have your own houses in which to eat and drink? Or you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing. What can I say to you? Shall I praise you for this? No, I will not. So, in the Corinthian church, a mix of Jews and Gentiles, um, their observance of the Lord's Supper, which we'll get into that, what that is, uh, it came down to them, it was just a time of eating and drinking, and such that some would come and make it a feast, you know, and and maybe some wealthier people would be able to bring lots of food, and uh, he says, you know, you proceed with your own meals with exclusion of others, the 
doesn't they don't wait for everybody to get there. Hey, this is we're observing the Lord's Supper, and that's what they called it. And w- while one remains hungry, another gets drunk. So the two extremes there, and I like that because that's a that's a Hebrew idiom kind of thing to draw extremes. One gets hungry, so there's one that's not eating anything at all, and another gets drunk. They're drinking to excess. And what shall I say? Shall I praise you in this? No, it's it's nothing praiseworthy at all because you're not observing the Lord's Supper. What it is, what you're doing is just some sort of uh, selfish feast you're taking um, uh, part in. So he lays down some clarification and some instruction in verse 23. He says, For I received from the Lord. This wasn't, he didn't receive it from the apostles. He didn't receive it from, um, you know, some other bishops or sages or, you know, church leaders, not some tradition. He says, for I received from the Lord, speaking of the Lord Jesus, what I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as oft, often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Now, Pauline, this instruction, this this is what you're just taking food and drink, you know, out of context. This is this is what I received from the Lord the night he was betrayed. He took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, said, This is my body, and Paul is is clear to say in the same way after supper he took the cup saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. So this isn't about just getting together and eating and drinking. It's proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. And so those two phrases, those statements of Jesus, this is my body which is for you, do this remembrance of me. And the cup, he says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. I think when we come to the the doctrine, if you will, of, of or belief of transubstantiation because they're taking those two statements out of context. Well, Jesus took some bread and he said, this is my body. He took a cup and said, this is the new covenant in my blood. And so, well, the cup is blood and the bread is, is body. It must be literally that. And they're divorced from context. And, and that's where all sorts of things get into trouble. I want to remind you in verse in Luke chapter 24 um, I went on about this in detail some time ago uh, but that's where the Lord Yeshua Jesus is walking with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus I think Stacy thinks something okay and, I'm having a hard time getting back into Paris, but so we're good. All right. And so, uh, and anyway, uh, he upbraids them for their lack of knowledge, really, and their panic when they should have been panicked. They should have been familiar with the word. And in Luke 24, verse 27, we don't have to look at it. You might make a note of that. But it says, and having begun from Moses and from all the prophets, he was expounding them in all the writings, the things about himself. So that's covering the whole new or the whole Old Testament, the Tanakh. Uh, Tanakh is an acronym in Hebrew, uh, made up the of the letters uh, Tet, Nun, and Kaf. Kaf's a feed if you want to be technical, since the end of the word. But um, Tanakh, and those stand for Torah, or the Law, uh, Nevi'im, or the Prophets, and uh, uh, Ketuvim, the Writings. So the Torah, or the Pentateuch, you know, the books of Moses, 
uh, the prophets, you know, you know, Isaiah, Zechariah, you name all the prophetic books, and then the writings, which would be the Psalms and Proverbs, Song of Solomon, uh, those sorts of books. So it encompasses that acronym, Tanakh encompasses the whole Old Testament, Torah, Nevi'im, Ketuvim. And so when Yeshua said, or well, he didn't say, he expounded on those things about himself, beginning with Moses and from all the prophets, he was expounding to them in all the writings of things about himself. So everything in the Old Testament, he can be found there. So, with that introduction, <laughs> we're actually going to get into the Word now. And so let's do that prayerfully, shall we? The Bible is the only book that comes with its author, so let's approach the author for his leading and insight. Father God, you are gracious and patient and kind and loving and merciful and the keeper of all knowledge, you know, all things. And you have blessed us, Lord, with this, thy word, which has been preserved throughout the ages. We pray in this time that you will give us eyes to see, ears to hear, spirits sensitive to your spirit, that we might receive all the things you have for us. We offer ourselves and this time to you, for you to use as you will, not just for our good, but for your glory. For we ask in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. Okay, so there's this confusion in the Corinthian church. And Paul sets this reminder of what this, this bread and this wine, uh, what you know, the bread and the cup, what they represent, the meaning that Yeshua gave to them. But this wasn't just out of the blue. He didn't just say, hey, here's some bread laying around. Hey, here's a cup laying around. Let me give the meaning to you. No, we, we go back to the Tanakh, you know, the Torah, the prophets, the writing, and we can see the things from him there. Um, he didn't just step onto the scene in, in a vacuum that, uh, you know, these things have a long context of meaning. So let's look at that Passover Seder that Yeshua uh, was his last meal that he participated in with his with his apostles um, because they were disciples. They're not really commissioned until after his resurrection. But all right, Luke chapter twenty-two, verse fourteen, and when the hour came, he reclined. That meet and the twelve apostles with him, and he said unto them, With desire I did desire to eat this Passover with you before my suffering, for I say to you, no, no more may I eat of it till it may be fulfilled in the reign of God. So there's something about the Passover that's going to be fulfilled in in the future reign, the millennial kingdom. And, you know, ultimate in the new heavens and the new earth. And having taken a cup, notice it's a cup, indefinite article. Having given thanks, he said, take this and divide it to yourselves. For I say to you, I may not drink of the produce of the vine or the fruit of the vine till the reign of God may come. And having taken bread, having given thanks, he brake it and gave to them, saying, this is my body, that for you is being given. This do ye to remembrance of me. In manner, in like manner also, the cup, definite article, after the supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. And that's the new covenant, not a new covenant. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, that for you is being poured forth. But lo, the hand of him delivering me is up with me on the table, and indeed the Son of Man doth go according to what hath been determined. But woe to that man through whom he is being delivered up. 
And they began to reason among themselves who then of them it may be who is about to do this thing. So, this is not a, a random meal. This isn't just getting together, hey, let's, quote, break bread together. This is a Passover meal. And so, there's a cup that's divided. And, and notice it says that first. And, and we're going to look at some things in the Passover. Um, while it's not specifically instructed in the Old Testament... It's based on Exodus, and we'll look at that, but uh, if you go to a Passover Seder today, or even centuries ago, uh, they've been observed the same way, and there are four cups, uh, four cups of wine that are distributed, and the first uh, is before the meal, and, and Luke is careful to record that. There's a cup before um, that, that, that starts out... Um, things as Yeshua is officiating this uh, uh, Passover Seder and then there's bread that he breaks and uh, this is the the matzah of bread that's broken which is the bread of affliction uh, while other bread is present this is the bread that is broken and so he's clear that it breaks that and and uh, then Luke tells us that after, after the supping, that in the the cup after the supping, and the cup, um, a um, the um, definite article there. You know, this cup is new covenant in my blood. So is that cup after they ate. And again, you go to any Passover seder through the centuries or even modern. That cup after supper is the third cup, which is known as the cup of redemption. We'll look at why that is. So, um, Yeshua, again, not just some, hey, getting randomly together for a meal. This is a Passover meal. And the Passover meal, in turn, has its uh, roots going back to Moses, Torah, you know, the, the Torah in, in the first five books, in fact, in the book of Exodus. And the whole thing about the Passover, and we could look at the Passover and how it's be lamb in its first year without spot and blemish. We could go on for weeks about how Christ is foreshadowed in the Passover meal. And I'd love to take some time to talk about the new covenant that we see in Jeremiah chapter 31. When we talked about the new covenant, it was not mysterious to the ears of the apostles. All of these things, the Passover meal, the bread that was broken, the new covenant, uh, this third cup uh, after supper uh, is, is the cup of redemption. So where I'm getting at with all this is that, you know, in the modern church will find that, well, transubstantiation, consubstantiation, no, they're emblematic, and they're, and they're taking the words of Yeshua out of context, in the context of which he were this Passover meal, to which he assigned these interpretations, these new understandings of this age-old um, ordinance. And it is an ordinance, it's, it's given in, in Exodus, and, and again... In uh, Deuteronomy, uh, before the second generation goes into the promised land. Um, so, trying not to get ahead of myself here, but uh, so when we look at things in context and not just in context in the New Testament, which it would have been, which wasn't written at the time of not an entirety of the time that Paul wrote the Corinthian church, but had they had an understanding of the Passover meal and had an understanding of the Old Testament, the Tanakh, the Torah, the Nevi'im, the Ketuvim, uh, they would have not mistre been mistreating it the way they were. Not, And Paul goes on to talk about in 1 Corinthians 11 about observing the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. And the consequences for that. 
and that some of them were ill and some had died um, as a as a as a consequence of not honoring uh, the body and the blood of the Lord. But I wanted to look at this whole idea again, going back in the whole idea of of the bread and the cup. This again that throughout Scripture, it's it's well substantiated. Um, bread, bread is is so often in the scriptures uh, identified with or symbolic of and present with um, suffering. You know, kind of the the human uh, lot in life in a fallen world. I mean, going back to Genesis three nineteen, way back when, you know, Eve had taken uh, the fruit, gave to her husband, and and then um, God curses the serpent. He curses, places a curse upon the woman, and then he plays, places a curse upon the man. And that curse upon the man, what does he say? By the sweat of thy face thou dost eat bread till thy return into the ground. For out of it thou hast been taken, for dust thou art, and to dust thou sh- uh, shalt return. You know, out of the sweat and toil that he eats bread, that the bread comes. Uh, forth from the earth. Um, it, it is. It is. Um, it is that that suffering that. Um, and it's interesting, the um, the term that Yeshua used for, for himself all the time, the Son of Man, coming from Daniel chapter seven, um, Bar Enosh, which is actually Aramaic. Uh, it literally means Son of Man. If you're going to translate it to English, which it is, <laughs> but it has, there's more nuanced meaning in there. That Anash is a word for man. There are several words for man in both Hebrew and Aramaic, but Anash specifically talks about man and his humanity, his frailness, if you will, human frailty. And so when Yeshua identifies himself, well, the Messiah in Daniel chapter seven, the one coming, um, is identified. You know, with the Ancient of Days, is referred to as the Baranosh, the, the Son of Man. So it's a messianic title in and of itself, but it, it's deeper than that. And because the the God Man coming, you know, takes on human flesh, and and not as a not as a conqueror, but as you know a um, as a servant, and not just a servant, but a servant obedient to death, and not just to any death, but the death on the cross. So, a lot of stuff there. I feel like I'm rambling on. But so, going back to Genesis, you know, Torah, we see the we see bread associated with suffering. Um, let's go further on in Genesis to chapter forty, and. Um, so I'm going to change my, or I'm just going to take the Bible reference off here. Um, um, uh, Yosef, Joseph, the son of Israel or Yaakov or Jacob, is is you know he's been sold into slavery. He goes to work for Potiphar in Egypt, and then and then his then Potiphar's wife accuses him of hitting on her, which he didn't, and then he gets thrown into jail. In jail, he becomes in charge of the prisoners and then these two prisoners that have uh, a dream each has a dream um, and without reading it all here um, basically there's the chief baker of Pharaoh who has a dream about three baskets baskets of bread on his head and and the um, chief cup bearer has a dream about three vines and he squeezes grape and into Pharaoh's cup and and Yosef uh, Joseph interprets the dreams. You know they're kind of the same. Uh, the three the three baskets, the three branches. They represent three days. And basically, at the end of this, uh, Pharaoh's gonna you know make accounts. Baker, you're gonna lose your head, and uh, and Cupbearer, you're gonna be restored. 
uh, to your position. Let's just look at the way the chapter finishes out, Genesis chapter 40. And it cometh to pass on the third day, Pharaoh's birthday, that he make, maketh a banquet to all his servants, and lifted, lifted up the head of the chief butlers, and the head of the chief of the bakers among his servants. And he putteth back the chief of the butlers, of the cupbearer, to his butlership, and he giveth the cup into the hand of Pharaoh. And the chief of the bakers he hath hanged, as Joseph hath interpreted to them, and the chief of the butlers hath not remembered Joseph, but forgetteth him. And that's the whole another story, Genesis chapter 41. But again, bread, suffering, the, the baker loses his head, the cup, as the, the, the chief butler is redeemed uh, to his position. All right. Um, I could go on with this with uh, the king of Salem, the king of Salem, the Mel Melchizedek or Melchizedek, the king of righteousness and the bread and the wine that he brings forth, uh, Abraham. And, and we go on. I'm throwing another one. Um, uh, oh, come on. Mikayahu, uh, Mikai, whatever, however you'd say his name in English. Um, you know, um, uh, come on. Jehoshaphat uh, had tried to, or Ahab, Ahab had tried to convince Jehoshaphat, and he did to go up with him to battle at Ramoth Gilead and blah, blah, blah. And, and the prophet Mikayahu says, you know, don't go. And then Ahab, Ahab gets mad and says in Second Chronicles 18.26, and I think there's a parallel passage in, in uh, Second Kings, would it be? Anyway, and the king said, put this fellow in prison and free, feed him with the bread of affliction and water of affliction until I return in peace. And, and, and some translations water that down, no pun intended, and say, you know, feed him with only bread and water or scarcely with bread and water. And they really missed the Hebrew there. It's bread of affliction and water of affliction until I return in peace. Of course, Ahab didn't return in peace. He died in battle by a random arrow. That's a whole nother thing. I love I love that account in the scriptures. Um um, Psalm 116, verse 3, I take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. And I'm, we could go on and on and on, um, but it, there's 12 minutes left in the program. But you'll see this theme throughout the Tanakh, the Old Testament. The bread is suffering or affliction, and the cup um, is joy or redemption or salvation. And now I'm going to turn you back to Exodus chapter 6, where we get this idea, well, we don't get this idea, we get this idea from Mishnah, but the the rabbis got the idea of the four different cups in the Passover Seder from Exodus chapter 6. Um, is this where I want to be? Yeah, all right. Exodus chapter 6, pick it up in verse 2. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Yitzchak, and to Yaakov as God Almighty, but my name, the Lord, I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, to the land of their pilgrimage, in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I've remembered my covenant. And this is where the idea comes in Mishnah for the uh, four cups in the Passover Seder. Uh, verse 6, Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments, I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. And so there's this progression of uh, I will bring, I will rescue, 
I will redeem, and then I will take. And part of me right now wants to get into the book of Revelation and <laughs> and, and just the whole, all that Yeshua has done. And and coming as, as you know, taking on our burdens, you know, learn of me, for my burden is lowly, you know, and coming to 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 rescue and then to redeem and eventually he's going to take his bride up to heaven. I mean, it goes on and on. There's so many layers here. It's just so awesome. But anyway, so that's where the four cups come from, the Passover Seder. I will bring, I will rescue, I will redeem that third cup. And and fourthly, I will take. And so that third cup after the supper is the cup of redemption because it's tied to the third, I will, I will redeem. And and notice back there in the in the, the last supper, the Passover Seder, um, the fourth cup is is not mentioned. That cup uh, responding to taking, uh, to taking uh, his people, and and Yeshua says at the beginning, um, you know, I will not uh, drink of the fruit of the vine till the reign of God may come that and you talk about you know till all is fulfilled um to something to that um just and so um you know so as often as we drink uh, eat this bread and you know drink the cup we show forth the lord's death or we proclaim the lord's death till he comes and that is when that that is when that fourth cup which again isn't mentioned in in the New Testament. I don't know if he did not do that. Um, you know, maybe he he skipped that. And at, when he officiated the Passover Seder, I was looking for the Hebrew names because I'm not. Yeah, uh, the fourth is Hallel. Uh, fourth cup is is Hallel, and that is um, and that is the last thing. Uh, the very last thing at the um, of the Passover Seder is that is that fourth and final cup, and and I think I'm it doesn't tell us, but my hunch is that that wasn't done uh, when Yeshua officiated the Seder. That uh, the the cup of redemption was at which is the new covenant in his blood. Again, Jeremiah 31, that's a whole nother <laughs> sermon or sermonette there. But the point of all this, the point of all this, again, I believe that um, um, okay, okay, I was seeing this conversation over there on YouTube about I am Zeus by my name. Yeah. Bible poorly transmitted. Transmitted how? By Morse code or what? No, it was uh, meticulously copied by the Sophereen, by the, by the scribes. Um, so the point of all of this, sorry for the distraction, is that again, whether it be the confusion in the in the first century Corinthian church about what this supper is, or whether it be the confusion in the modern church of is is the bread actually the body and the wine actually the blood, or is it did they come with the blood, or they I believe is because they're taking it out of context. And when you take two statements of Yeshua, while good statements this is my body, which will be broken for you, and this is my this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which will be poured forth for you. Um, very good statements, but you take them as standalone; they're mysterious and mean nothing. Uh, you got um, you got to put them in, in the context. Put them in the context of the Passover Seder, and then take those things and put them in the context of well all of the um old testament and the and the 
scarlet thread of redemption, as some have said, that runs throughout the scriptures. And as Yeshua himself said, uh, you know, as he, you know, as he expounded to those disciples on the road to Emmaus, that, um, you know, b beginning with Moses and, you know, all the prophets, he expounded them in all the writings. Uh, the, the Torah, the Nevi'im, the Ketuvim, um, you know, the law, the prophets and the writings, uh, those things concerning himself. So the, the scriptures are rich, rich, rich with the things concerning the Lord. And, and I do myself a disservice not to be in the scriptures more as Stacy Lynn talked about earlier, 10 pages a day um, wouldn't be a huge thing. And, you know, to, to know, to get to know the scriptures more is to get to lo know the Lord more. How do I know that? Again, Luke chapter 24, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, the expound of them and all the writings of things concerning himself. So, before we get on some doctrine or some whatever, let's, you know, we should be checking the book, but we'd rather listen than look. And, and you know, where in Scripture is this? You know, we ought to be able to back things up in Scripture, not a verse taken out of context. I can do all things through a verse taken out of context. Um, but in its context, not just in paragraphs and pages, but... You know, the best commentary on Scripture is Scripture. You know, where is this theme repeated? We can't, build, we can't build a doctrine based on a couple verses or even in a, in a chapter or paragraph unless there's a consistent theme of that thing throughout the Scriptures. All right, I think I'm done. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I am. So don't you always say something like stick a fork in it or something like that? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, hey, I appreciate what you did. You know, how you you bring to life the meaty, the meatier things of the word, which, you know, the whole communion story makes complete, makes more sense in the Hebrew context in which it was totally done. So... And again, the layers of things leading up to that and behind that, like I said, going all the way back to Genesis and the in this theme of of the bread and the cup, bread and the wine, affliction and redemption, and just all the way along, setting up the scene for for the coming of Messiah. Yep. So, uh, Ham Hamilcar decided to make some stupid comments in the chat room yeah I said they were stupid because they are you know I don't get people who like to just come in troll stuff they don't listen they just want to put stupid stuff in comments so YouTube lets you time them out yeah they do anyway whatever anyway so uh so yeah that's it people I don't know about you but I'm tired I am totally feeling it right <laughs> So what's it, 9 o'clock? It's really 10 o'clock to my body? It feels like it. Yeah, it does. Feels like 10 o'clock. See, I'm going to yawn right now because you know why? Because I'm usually in bed around 10. That's because I wake up so early. So, um, so thanks for joining us. Um, there will not be a Thursday show this coming week. There, there will not. We are back now on our regular Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um programming so at 8 p.m central time uh and uh all that so trying to think if there's anything else i need to tell you well that's pretty much it so what what did you want to say something no okay i thought you wanted to say something so anyway, so I hope you guys have a good week. Um, you know, I'll be on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. 
uh, as well. And um, yeah, we, we will be around. <laughs> so anyway, have a good week. Um, we'll be back Friday. Remember, be bold, stand up and go with God because he loves you and take some time to read the word of God and hide the word in your heart. In fact, one of the things that uh, one of the things my friend said tonight was that he was amazed that there are people who memorized the whole word of God, every book in the Bible, uh, so that they could give the only copy of their Bible to somebody else because Bibles are so hard to come by. So just think about it. We'll see you later.